All right, it worked. Well done, Isaac. Mm, thank you. Instagram streamcast underscore. Twitter is Blackamora. That's your Twitter, not our Twitter. Twitter. Oh, wait. Okay, I'll start again. (laughs) (laughs) Take two. Welcome to the streamcast. I'm Mr. X. I'm Sly Raccoon. I'm Ichigo. Did you want to talk about BGG past the pad? Yeah, guys, talk about it. So yeah. I wasn't able to go. They look fun. I was looking at everyone's stories in Envy. There's some people I think I wanted to meet, but I didn't have the opportunity to, which is dead. But yeah, how was it? It looked fun. It did look fun. It looked interesting. Did you win anything? Did you lose anything? Um, if you lost anything, don't come back to after this episode because you can't disgrace <laughs> us like this. We don't work like that. <laughs> Just let us know now. No, but seriously, how was it? How was the event? It was really good, actually. I was saying to one of the organisers, I really enjoy events like this. I think I've been to two or three so far, and I won't lie, I was really nervous and apprehensive going to like the first couple. I wasn't quite myself because it still hasn't dawned on me that we have this space, there are people like me, I can just talk to them and we'll just get along instantly. Because that's what happened. Went there, just started talk- talking to people and it just went on from there and like instantly clicked, instantly got along, really good vibe there. They had a panel of um, four or five people, five, including uh, the host. And it was really good hearing what they're saying. One of them, I think his name was Tamor Hussein. Oh, it's the other way around, I'm so sorry. Um, but basically everything he said just resonated with him. So he was a guy like myself as well, who did a very like academic course at uni. He did law, I did a accountancy, and then he just got to a point where he's like, he hates what he's doing and he just fell back on his passion of gaming, wrote like a lot of articles, sent them into GameSpot, and now I think he's head of one of their departments. And I think that's just a really like amazing thing that he's done. And literally Something like this, maybe five, ten years ago, someone told me, I'd be like, it would not register in my head at all. I'd be like, that's not true. Like, are you sure? So it's really good to have this space. They had a Smash, they had Mario Kart. I thought I was good at Mario Kart. <laughs> oh my goodness. Boy, I didn't, I didn't come dead last, but I wasn't top three as usual. And it's really opened my eyes to the quality of Mario Kart players. I was just like, oh, wow. I just want to say, he smashed us at Mario Kart. So if he can get top three, <laughs> we're actually trash. I don't own the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's my excuse. I mean, I don't own a console, but still, like, nah. Well, it's good to know. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, obviously, he did a lot better at Smash, although it was... It got cut short, the Smash tournament, so uh, I only played one game. Lucky to win that. And I came away winning a pop figure, so I was really happy with that. Mars Morales. It was really cool. Got a win. Winning by default. Yep. <laughs> the best <laughs> win ever. Uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. They had Anthem there as well. Didn't get a chance to play that. They had uh, Overwatches there, which was really cool. But yeah, it was really good vibe. Really enjoyed being there and definitely want to go to the next one. It's really good to see the space, good to see people like me, 
and good to see them talk about what's happening in the industry. It's good to hear about people like me doing well in the industry. It's good to be able to see people like who are really high up in the industry come to these small intimate gatherings. If you go to somewhere like E3 or you go to like Comic-Con, it's like lots of people and they're all vying for someone's attention. But here, it's very small, it's very intimate and you could speak to everyone there. You could do that. Obviously, you know, you get a little bit competitive playing games, you find people you like, so that doesn't always happen. But it's nice to know that you can. It's nice to know that you can, like, really get to know everyone in this community, in the space, and go to other events and see people you recognise as well. So it was really nice. It was really fun. Um, yeah, definitely go to another one. What are your thoughts, Andy? I really liked it. I think uh, the host, Jay, is really good at hosting. Yeah. She's got just natural ability to, like, control a conversation and include everyone to make sure people that haven't spoken up in a while, you know, get their chance to speak and everyone gets to listen to them. I feel they, the panel was really, really interesting. We got a lot of insight into esports as a whole, um, the popularity of the FGC, that's the fighting game community, barriers being broken, you know, questions like why do black males tend to gravitate towards the fighting game community as opposed mm. to um, sports. That was a great question. Like FIFA mm. or shooters like mm-hmm. Call of Duty and mm-hmm. team-based games. The politics in esports, why we only see the same kind of face and the same kind of people in the finals of these tournaments. They even touched on, I don't even remember his name, but a Pakistani kid and he just wiped all the Koreans at Tekken and that's big. Koreans at Tekken are the best. Koreans are like the Chinese at everything else. Like, you can't touch Koreans at Tekken and this guy came from nowhere in his first tournament and just beat everyone. That's great, but no one knows about that. Mm-hmm. The way we knew about that guy who cheated on... Was it League of Legends? Who downloaded that illegal software. That mm. was worldwide news. He ruined it for his team. Yeah. Very selfish. But you don't hear, like, positive news like this, you know, on a worldwide scale. And that's a shame. I think that's got to change, especially with, you know, new internet speeds being available in, you know, certain countries like South. In the South American countries, in African countries, in India, we are probably going to see more talented gamers from these different places do really well. And I hope that barriers like prejudice will not stop them from being great on these platforms. The same guy you were referring to was constantly referring to how Sonic Fox, you know, is great, but it's almost like he had to be three times as good mm-hmm. to get what the others get naturally. And then he had to come on stage and say, I'm black, I'm gay, I'm weird, I'm a furry, to get that, you know, recognition. And it was a very interesting look at things. The way they are, the problems with the way they are, and what we would like to see going forward. The turnout was great. It was very diverse. You got um, white women, you got black men, you got a lot of you know queer people. I feel like everyone came and everyone was happy to share their stuff. I'm still getting used to like talking to strangers. Like that's kind of weird for me still. Mm-hmm. My parents lied to us when we were kids. You know, don't talk to strangers. Oh, hold on, uh, the context is needed for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why they said. <laughs> but in you know now that we are you know consenting adults, you know responsible for our own bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
talking to strangers that events like this is great because it's how we network it's how we build that connection it's how you know we know about mr midas and his grime daily channel not channel his content on the grime daily website where he gets grime artists on and they play games that kind of stuff is cool and it's almost like i'm in awe of this guy because you know he's up there he is he's made it to me but he'll talk to you like he you know you're both on the same level you're both just you know regular dudes yeah and really chill guy yeah really nice to talk to him. yeah i really respect that i played overwatch and i lost it sucks that game sucks <laughs> <laughs> is it because you lost or is it just generally bad what is i am shooting it was a shooting game so okay. i hate shooting games so yeah we all do we're the worst capped the- at four out of ten <laughs> <laughs> For your non-shooting game news, this is the best podcast because we're all shit out here. We <laughs> the best. You will never hear any shooting game news here. This is why you need to tune in. Exactly. The voice of Chaos Troy has said it. So at the event, and they were talk- what was the actual event about generally? Was it a, just a gaming thing? Was it a networking event? Did they manage to mix it? together I guess what was the actual event it was generally well mixed up mm-hmm. so the vibe I got is it wasn't trying to just be one thing it was mm-hmm. trying to be several things and the only thing I would pick at is that there wasn't enough time because okay. it was a three hour you know yeah, slot um, so they did a panel mm-hmm. on esports and you know the the landscape and then they did a tournament, several tournaments, mm-hmm. but we only had time for one game. Okay. And then they did a lot of giveaways. They gave away games, they gave away Funko Pops. They gave away a lot of prizes. Mm-hmm. And well, I feel you didn't win no games? I didn't win the game, no. Oh, guys, we need to be fair, you know. Whoa, the whoa, next whoa. One. Could have won a game, but I think it was like NHL or something. And that's, I'm not American. Didn't really appeal to me. All right, fair enough. Pick the Funko Pop. Oh, okay, cool. Mm. All right. Cool, I guess the Madden game could have been a coaster, but, right. <laughs> I do need the coaster. Yeah. Oh, New York, Miles Morales is better. He's more valuable than a coaster. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Wow. <laughs> Jay did say she wants to do these quarterly. Mm. Do you think there's enough support for these kind of events? Because, I guess, the ambition is there. It sounds like a very ambitious event. It sounds like it does need a bit of funding, though, because... If it's quarterly for one, and if he needs more time, which means you need to rent the spaces for longer. Yes. Do you think there needs to be, I guess, almost like what film has some sort of funding where you can put on, I guess, a tournament or, like you said, these kind of events for gamers to bring gamers, I guess, from all sorts of backgrounds together? I would say so. Funding, scholarships, sponsorships. Mm. Gaming is its own form of entertainment, Mm -hmm. arguably the most popular form. Mm. Yeah. So why can't we treat it like film or TV? Why can't we give gamers or people involved in gaming budgets to run these events that they know are gonna make money back and gonna give them a buzz? Mm. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I have much because I wasn't obviously there, but I guess from what I saw and just the panelists speaking, I think for me, for us, what I find interesting was I guess the array of people on it. Um, when I was reading through it, the first thing I thought of is they will actually have some sort of insight into different parts of the um, industry. I mean, there's not many chances you get to meet someone who, I guess, is PR as well, or a writer, or, you know, has a, has their own show. 
like a bona fide own gaming show, which is so hard to do. And obviously, someone who the person who's running the event, Jay, runs the whole platform and carved out something for, I would say, a particular well, black girls, especially I feel like when it comes to gaming, has many hurdles. Um, I think you got family. I think you've got just your gender and obviously your skin colour and whatever. But I feel like you have all those hurdles and she's made a space where they feel comfortable. In a space where really, it's, it, for me, it's a bit weird that you need to make spaces like that because realistically, games realistically shouldn't really matter where you're from because you're playing a game, which literally is you're playing made-up characters. It's kind of like when people argue about how certain castings are for aliens and stuff and comic because it's like if they don't have an assigned colour and they're an alien it, I don't get why it's an issue do you get what I mean and in this space I've never understood why like oh it's a female main character and they go crazy and like but it's a game it's literally a game you're just playing as a character representation is important as well I get that but there's enough representation of your type of person to allow room for others so I, so I guess spaces like this is good, it's great, but I feel like it's something maybe the whole industry needs to adopt. And not for tokenism purposes, because it should have happened years ago. In some ways, it should happen as a thing of, we're sorry we're late, we should have done this years ago, we've improved, and this is what we're bringing to you. For instance, having two black females as a villain on the um, Far Cry game, should have happened years ago. We've got it now. I mean, to be honest, my only query was, could they do ye hair years ago? <sighs> Them cornrows on Saints were all kind of... Um, <laughs> so, I, I don't know if they could, but they can now. They definitely can now, and technology's developing and stuff. So just things like that, and, it's, you know, I guess more Asian characters, but maybe outside of your accuser setting, because you've got Asian Americans. I'm surprised we haven't seen games around a main character. Just that's just Asian Americans, particularly with their, I guess, Asian and Latin as well. Um, the amount of people they have from those backgrounds in their country, I'm really surprised there's nothing based on them either. I know black people make a lot of noise, but when you look at the diversity of America in general, and the amount of and the hand they have in gaming, I'm surprised. So it's good to have these events. I feel like you're right. They do need to. I mean, if they should be games should be treated in the same, I guess, format as movies and music because I believe it brings in quite a bit for the economy, doesn't it? Uh... Yeah. Oh, in the UK, gaming is worth more than music and film. I think and film. So you really should be encouraging not only playing and buying, but mm. getting people into that industry. Exactly. So it's good to see people come to events, speak about well, this is what it's like. And these are the kind of jobs we've come out of it. So you, you might be a journalist at school, might love games, could be a writer. Or, you know, you might love PR and public relations, might mm -hmm. work in gaming and public relations. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I just want to make a platform for people, you make a platform. Maybe I'm creative enough to make a show, you make a show. Maybe you just want to be an esports player, you become an esports yeah. player. And it's, I guess your esports player is the equivalent of a musician or a footballer and it, or a movie star in a sense of, I guess that's the front-facing elite, but it's all these other back rows that help make the industry the industry. I feel like maybe looking at, from what I saw anyway, that's kind of what insight it gave to me, that sometimes you look at games as your God of War, your Spider-Man, and you forget that there's PR behind that, because Spider-Man's PR was crazy. 
I I felt like I was missing out on a game that wasn't even out yet. Do you get what mm-hmm. I mean? It was and, everywhere. And that comes with someone planning on the back end. You know, someone had to develop it and work hard in developing it. And I know from animations, there's teams within that. There's t- people on Twitch making content around that game. And then that helps promote the game. But the people on Twitch are getting paid from their subscribers and views and blah, blah, blah. And then that's his own faction. And then you might see, I don't know, you not so much for a Spider-Man, but then you get people in the back of that doing competitive gaming. It grows and grows. And then the, someone might write a review. Someone might write about the DLCs that you can get and the relevance of the costumes. I might be a new player. Never read a comic book in my life. Why do we have this, this Spider-Man costume with a bag over his head? Makes no sense to me. Boom, there's a writer there on hand. You can tell me about all this stuff. And that's another part of the industry. And it's all stemmed from one game. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I feel like we look at it I guess with films, you get to see in and around it, you see like how much it was worth, the box office, but then you get to see how much was put into it. And there's lots of stars, I guess, within that, that you can look at. So the, the mains and the supports, and then you have the big ceremony of the Oscars and the Golden Globes. There's so much around it. And then, you know, to the, to the, to the I guess, the point where you get people awarded for the costumes and the scores and music, these are all things you see in games as well. It's just not something that's ever... I wouldn't say that's really brought to light unless you're really looking for it. You don't get a really big ceremony of people dressing up fancy and awarded for it. You don't see the people on the back end doing the writing and the work. And I feel like this was a taste of that, I guess. Commun- it's, it was, you know, small representation, but enough to show that, oh, do you know what? I do look at games as this siloed thing when there is lots of divisions for it. And if I was someone young thinking about how do I do, I guess, get a job, but something I'm passionate in. Gaming is definitely one of those industries that offer you different variations that go beyond the developer and a gamer that I could go into. I always appreciate when you are offered more than just the consumer's point of view anyway, Mm. because growing up, you're a consumer of gaming. Yeah. Your parents get you into gaming more time. You know, you get that first console and then you're a consumer from then and you're addicted. Mm-hmm. But it is good to see, hey, I grew up playing games. I tried this 9 to 5 thing. I hated it. And then, you know, I became a developer or I became the head of Europe for mm. you know IGN or whatever. It is always good to see that there is more to gaming than just yeah. gaming. I feel like that's that's interesting because I feel like we're probably in a better position to introduce our kids into games and probably make it more, I guess, accessible to both young boys and young girls. I feel like it was easier for us to ask for a console because at the time it was two young boys. It was harder for my sister and her to get into it. Um, and I feel like that's just because of stereotypes and African households and whatever. I didn't agree with it. I don't agree with a lot of stuff in the house, but mm. that's neither here nor there. So we try different things and we argue, but yeah, there's neither here nor there. Um, but it was interesting to see how, especially f- for the women, how many were actually involved in the industry, despite everything. And I think when we went to the um, museum, when she put on her other talk, I thought it was interesting just to see how many women were involved in gaming and just what they were actually doing within the spaces. For people who, I guess, who are normally excluded, they really carved the space for themselves. Which, they, again, I I really feel like it didn't need to be carved. It should have been there in the first place, but it wasn't. But they've really carved it in a space where they love, they love it. Do you get what I mean? They love what they do. They love gaming. 
you know, I remember the woman talking about using maths <coughs> and formulas and developing. And we you know lots of people that are good at maths, men and women, and no one has ever suggested. You could be a developer if you really like it, mm. if you like coding, like building games, that's your thing. That's a natural pathway. But it was interesting, I mean, for you guys, what was the most, I guess, mind-blowing thing that you heard at the talk? Yeah, the most mind-blowing thing for me at the talk was just just how accessible it is, really. Mm. So, you had um guy called The F Word, and he was saying how he only commentates for esports. That's 20% of his income, and then the last 80% is just something else. Even if you're slightly curious, even if you really want to just, like, go all in with it, you can still make it, like, a part of your life to be on, you know, the back end of gaming or to just be a gamer, but it can be a part of your life. And again, Tamor, who did his law degree and then went into gaming, again, it's still accessible, and I really enjoy that. And then another woman who was there, it's going to kill me, I just can't remember her name, but she wore a really nice yellow blazer. Um, She does a multitude of things, so... She codes, she organises events, she can set up large-scale events, she teaches uh, younger kids how to code, she Mm. does so much in gaming. And it's just really good because all the little skills you think might not, like, you know, amount to anything, but it's it's still so useful. It still all adds up. And even the girl who works in... I think she was PR for gaming, she'd never being involved with games in her entire life. It just kind of happened. But she loves what she does. And that just goes to show that even the industry of like developing games is fun. It's enjoyable because you create an experience. You, you literally see people enjoy your work over and over and over and over again. People will have like different reactions to certain game levels. People will have a different like buzz to certain game releases. Mr. Midas was saying how one of the things that he loves about gaming is how it makes people react. It just gives them like an instant smile. The PR lady was saying she learned all these skills and whatnot, but it's that passion. And I don't know, for me, I feel like gamers have the most passion when it comes to the industry because you can watch a film, you've watched it, you've experienced it, oh, that film was good. You can listen to music. Oh yeah, that made me like feel a certain way. But when you play a game, that's you. That's you in that moment. That's you experiencing the the music, the feelings, what's going on, and you just don't really get that in other forms of media. So it was just really good hearing that people who work in the gaming industry have that same passion that I have as a gamer, and it's really good to hear because what I enjoy consuming. If the person who's making it enjoys it just as much as me, I know I'm going to get something good. And for someone who feels truly lost, because I really don't know what I want to do after my degree now, it's just nice knowing that other people have felt the same way I have and they've done something and they're doing something that they really love and enjoy. So, yeah, that was... I guess you asked me what was my, you know, favourite take on that and I've just kind of given you lots of different answers but yeah, I couldn't <laughs> answer it with just one certain thing. It was the whole, the complete vibe I got from that day and, yeah, it was really enjoyable. I think for me it was when the person who ended up becoming, I think it was head of Europe for GameSpot. Tomorrow. Yeah. I hope I'm saying his name right. 
<laughs> he said before getting into GameSpot, he would review games himself that he did he had played. So he would write letters and just send them into like game developers. And through that, eventually he got into GameSpot. And that was mind blowing for me because it made me realize that all these big characters, all these big companies, they are literally just a message away. They're an email away. They're a DM away. Barriers have been reduced so much that they're barely visible nowadays. You couldn't even connect the dots back then. How do I do that? Yeah. And um, Mr. Myers said something as well that when he said something along the lines of when he was a kid, he never put two and two together that someone had to make that game. That was a job. He picked up the pad, he played his game, put it down and went to sleep. And I was the same. I never put it together that I could make this a career. I could make this game. I could design the problems behind this game, make the puzzles, make the characters. For some reason, that was mind-blowing to me because I think I fell prey to the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that links on to what you said about teaching the next generation. We do have a lot of stuff to teach them. And um, they have a lot of stuff to unlearn that we are in the process of doing. For example why people get angry when they see a female as a main character or they see something that's not white as a main character that is bigger than gaming that's life mm. that's mm. you know institutional systematic racism that still needs to be broken down and eradicated i can only speak for myself i have grown up subconsciously thinking that white people are normal and everyone else is option two option three mm. you know other um foundations mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's other people who feel the same way that when they see a white male character as a main character, that's normal. They feel safe. They can trust that. And they don't often feel like that with other characters. And that's mm -hmm. something we need to get into these people when they're children, because that's when they are most impressionable and they learn so much. We need to get that into their heads that they can be just as big or just as important as what we see. Mm. You know, we need more different. The percentages that we are of gamers is not seen in, you know, the characters. And that's really sad. Yeah. Yeah, my mind was blown by that. And also, like, <clears throat> to just go on what you've said, Andy, um, I'm a guy that, that likes to antagonise just a tiny bit every now and then. So you play a game, you get to a really difficult level, and you just get frustrated. Like, it's really tough. Someone's designed that level. Someone has made 30 minutes of your life absolute agony. <laughs> and they're getting paid to do this. Oh, my goodness. What a, what a great life they're living. I was going to say, you secretly admire them, don't I you? I do. <laughs> I really do. They're getting paid to troll. Yes. <laughs> it's the good life. I do find that interesting, you know, when people like trolling games... They make a, a boss exceptionally difficult or even better is when they try to punish people who try to break games. Mm. You try to use cheat codes and stuff and then they get punished. Like mm. their game will freeze or stuff like that. Yeah. I think, yeah, you, you, you did well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really well. But then also like it is still fair sometimes because, for example, God of War, if you do mess up when you're fighting the Valkyries but then you do beat them, you get that sense of gratification. You're like... Yes, I did that. I worked really hard. And to develop a game that's quite balanced um, and absolutely fair, that's, like, really impressive as well. And, you know, it's just, like, thank you for doing that. It's key to a great game. Mm. A game 
that you know when you've messed up, you've messed up. If you die, it's your fault. No stupid glitch has killed you. No, you know, invincible frames. It's just, you made a mistake. This person attacked and you should have dodged, but you blocked. Stuff like that is really, it goes under the radar sometimes. And that should be appreciated a bit more. Like Sigrin, the final Valkyrie. It's like your SATs and your your A2 exams and your driving you know test and your PGCE have all merged into one. Mm. And throw a master's in there too. Yeah, and your <laughs> master's final exam and your dissertation. Mm. You know, they've all clumped together to be this horrible examination mess with an ugly fat invigilator behind you. Sweating, breathing down your neck. <laughs> and it's like... <laughs> and you're like, alright, question one. Smack, and you're meant to duck. But you don't, you're dead, you know? Question two, stomp. You, you're you meant to sway to the right, but you go to the left. You're dead. It's like, I've taught you all of these subjects. I've taught you maths, I've taught you English, I've taught you science, I've taught you Latin, I've taught you French. And it's like, now, use everything you've learned. And fight me. And that is what Sigrun was. Every time you die, it was your fault. Without a shadow of a doubt. Every time I died to Sigrun, it was my fault. And you you just kind of keep a mental note of what you did wrong. And you, those are the best games. You learn something. Also, like our first year uni games. They require no thinking. And you still just cruise on by. <laughs> oh, that's you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. Great episode, guys. That's it for this episode of Streamcast. Make sure to keep us in the conversation. Our Twitter is Streamcast underscore. Instagram is Streamcast underscore. My Twitter is Blackamora. I'm Killscreen Kenny. I'm Troy, the director. Right, take care. We'll see you on the next Streamcast. <laughs>